Section 68 of the Book of Household Management. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of Household Management by Isabella Beaton. Recipes. Chapter 29, Part 2. To make the stock for jelly and to clarify it. 1411. Ingredients. Two calf's feet, six pints of water. Mode. The stock for jellies should always be made the day before it is required for use, as the liquor has time to cool, and the fat can be so much more easily and effectually removed when thoroughly set. Procure from the butchers two nice calf's feet. Scald them to take off the hair, slit them in two, remove the fat from between the claws, and wash the feet well in warm water. Put them into a stew pan with the above proportion of cold water. Bring it gradually to boil and remove every particle of scum as it rises. When it is well skimmed, boil it very gently for six or seven hours, or until the liquor is reduced rather more than half. Then strain it through a sieve into a basin and put it in a cool place to set. As the liquor is strained, measure it to ascertain the proportion for the jelly, allowing something for the sediment and fat at the top. To clarify it, carefully remove all the fat from the top, pour over a little warm water to wash away any that may remain, and wipe the jelly with a clean cloth. Remove the jelly from the sediment, put it into a saucepan, and, supposing the quantity to be a quart, add to it six ounces of loaf sugar, the shells and well-whisked whites of five eggs, and stir these ingredients together cold. Set the saucepan on the fire, but do not stir the jelly after it begins to warm. Let it boil about ten minutes after it rises to a head, then throw in a teacupful of cold water. Let it boil five minutes longer, then take the saucepan off, cover it closely, and let it remain half an hour near the fire. Dip the jelly bag into hot water, wring it out quite dry, and fasten it onto a stand or the back of a chair, which must be placed near the fire to prevent the jelly from setting before it has run through the bag. Place a basin underneath to receive the jelly, then pour it into the bag, and should it not be clear the first time, run it through the bag again. This stock is a foundation of all really good jellies, which may be varied in innumerable ways, by colouring and flavouring with liqueurs, and by moulding it with fresh and preserved fruits. To ensure the jelly being firm when turned out, half an ounce of isinglass, clarified, might be added to the above proportion of stock. Substitutes for calf's feet are now frequently used in making jellies, which lessen the expense and trouble in preparing this favourite dish, isinglass and gelatine being two of the principal materials employed. But, although they may look as nicely as jellies made from good stock, they are never so delicate, having very often an unpleasant flavour somewhat resembling glue, particularly when made with gelatine. Time. About six hours to boil the feet for the stock. To clarify it. A quarter of an hour to boil, half an hour to stand in the saucepan covered. Average cough. Calf's feet may be purchased for six pence each when veal is in full season, but more expensive when it is scarce. Sufficient. Two calf's feet should make one quart of stock. Seasonable from March to October. 
but may be had all the year. How to make a jelly bag. The very stout flannel called double mill, used for ironing blankets, is the best material for a jelly bag. Those of home manufacture are the only ones to be relied on for thoroughly clearing the jelly. Care should be taken that the seam of the bag be stitched twice to secure it against unequal filtration. The most convenient mode of using the bag is to tie it upon a hoop the exact size of the outside of its mouth, and to do this, strings should be sewn round it at equal distances. The jelly bag may, of course, be made any size, but one of 12 or 14 inches deep and 7 or 8 across the mouth will be sufficient for ordinary use. The form of a jelly bag is a fool's cap. Cow heel stock for jellies. More economical than calves feet. 14.12. Ingredients. 2 cow heels, 3 quarts of water. Mode. Procure two heels that have only been scalded and not boiled. Split them in two and remove the fat between the cloths. Wash them well in warm water and put them into a saucepan with the above proportion of cold water. Bring it gradually to boil, remove all the scum as it rises, and simmer the heels gently from seven to eight hours, or until the liquor is reduced one half. Then strain it into a basin, measuring the quantity, and put it in a cool place. Clarify it in the same manner as calf's feet stock number 1411, using, with the other ingredients, about half an ounce of isinglass to each quart. This stock should be made the day before it is required for use. Two dozen shank bones of mutton, boiled for six or seven hours, yield a quart of strong, firm stock. They should be put on in two quarts of water, which should be reduced one half. Make this also the day before it is required. Time. Seven to eight hours to boil the cow heels, six to seven hours to boil the shank bones. Average cost, from four to six pence each. Sufficient. Two cow's heels should make three pints of stock. Seasonable at any time. Isinglass or gelatine jelly. Substitutes for calf's feet. 1413. Ingredients. 3 ounces of isinglass or gelatine, 2 quarts of water. Mode. Put the isinglass or gelatine into a saucepan with the above proportion of cold water. Bring it quickly to boil and let it boil very fast until the liquor is reduced one half. Carefully remove the scum as it rises, then strain it through a jelly bag and it will be ready for use. If not required very clear, it may be merely strained through a fine sieve instead of being run through a bag. Rather more than half an ounce of isinglass is about the proper quantity to use for a quart of strong calf's feet stock, and rather more than two ounces for the same quantity of fruit juice. As isinglass varies so much in quality and strength, it is difficult to give the exact proportions. The larger the mold, the stiffer should be the jelly, and where there is no ice, more isinglass must be used than if the mixture were frozen. This forms a stock for all kinds of jellies, which may be flavored in many ways. Time, one and a half hour. Sufficient, with wine, syrup, fruit, etc., to fill two moderate-sized molds. Seasonable at any time. Note, 
The above, when boiled, should be perfectly clear, and may be mixed warm with wine, flavorings, fruit, etc., and then run through the bag. Isinglass. The best isinglass is brought from Russia. Some of an inferior kind is brought from North and South America and the East Indies. The several varieties may be had from the wholesale dealers in isinglass in London. In choosing isinglass for domestic use, select that which is whitest, has no unpleasant odor, and which dissolves most readily in water. The inferior kinds are used for fining beer and similar purposes. Isinglass is much adulterated. To test its purity, take a few threads of the substance, drop some into boiling water, some into cold water, and some into vinegar. In the boiling water, the isinglass will dissolve. In cold water, it will become white and cloudy, and in vinegar, it will swell and become jelly-like. The isinglass is adulterated with gelatine, that is to say, the commoner sorts of gelatine, for isinglass is classed amongst gelatines, of all which varieties it is the very purest and best. In boiling water, the gelatine will not so completely dissolve as the isinglass. In cold water, it becomes clear and jelly-like, and in vinegar, it will harden. How to Mold Bottled Jellies 1414. Uncork the bottle, place it in a saucepan of hot water until the jelly is reduced to a liquid state. Taste it to ascertain whether it is sufficiently flavored, and if not, add a little wine. Pour the jelly into molds which have been soaked in water. Let it set, and turn it out by placing the mold in hot water for a minute. Then wipe the outside, put a dish on the top, and turn it over quickly. The jelly should then slip easily away from the mold and be quite firm. It may be garnished as taste dictates. To clarify syrup for jellies. 1415. Ingredients. To every quart of water allow two pounds of loaf sugar, the white of one egg. Mode. Put the sugar and water into a stew pan, set it on the fire, and when the sugar is dissolved, add the white of one egg, whipped up with a little water. Whisk the whole well together and simmer very gently until it has thrown up all the scum. Take this off as it rises, strain the syrup through a fine sieve or cloth into a basin and keep it for use. Calves Feet Jelly 1416 Ingredients 1 quart of calves feet stock number 1411 half a pound of sugar half a pint of sherry one glass of brandy, the shells and whites of five eggs, the rind and juice of two lemons, half an ounce of isinglass. Mode. Prepare the stock as directed in recipe number 1411, taking care to leave the sediment and to remove all the fat from the surface. Put it into a saucepan, cold, without clarifying it. Add the remaining ingredients and stir them well together before the saucepan is placed on the fire. Then simmer the mixture gently for a quarter of an hour, but do not stir it after it begins to warm. Throw in a teacup full of cold water, boil for another five minutes, and keep the saucepan covered by the side of the fire for about half an hour, but do not let it boil again. In simmering, the head or scum may be carefully removed as it rises but particular attention must be given to the jelly, 
that it be not stirred in the slightest degree after it is heated. The isinglass should be added when the jelly begins to boil. This assists to clear it and makes it firmer for turning out. Wring out a jelly bag in hot water, fasten it onto a stand or the back of a chair, place it near the fire with a basin underneath it, and run the jelly through it. Should it not be perfectly clear the first time, repeat the process until the desired brilliancy is obtained. Soak the moulds in water, drain them for half a second, pour in the jelly, and put it in a cool place to set. If ice is at hand, surround the moulds with it, and the jelly will set sooner, and be firmer when turned out. In summer, it is necessary to have ice in which to put the moulds, or the cook will be, very likely, disappointed by her jellies being in too liquid a state to turn out properly, unless a great deal of isinglass is used. When wanted for table, dip the moulds in hot water for a minute, wipe the outside with a cloth, lay a dish on the top of the mould, turn it quickly over, and the jelly should slip out easily. It is sometimes served broken into square lumps and piled high in glasses. Earthenware moulds are preferable to those of pewter or tin. For red jellies, the colour and transparency of the composition being often spoiled by using the latter. Time. 20 minutes to simmer the jelly, half an hour to stand covered. Average cost. Reckoning the feet at sixpence each, three shillings and sixpence. Sufficient to fill two one and a half pint moulds. Seasonable at any time. Note. As lemon juice unless carefully strained, is liable to make the jelly muddy, see that it is clear before it is added to the other ingredients. Omit the brandy when the flavour is objected to. Sherry. There are several kinds of sherry, as pale and brown, and there are various degrees of each. Sherry is, in general, of an amber colour, and when good, has a fine aromatic odour, with something of the agreeable bitterness of the peach kernel. When new, it is harsh and fiery, and requires to be mellowed in the wood for four or five years. Sherry has of late got much into fashion in England, from the idea that it is more free from acid than other wines, but some careful experiments in wines do not fully confirm this opinion. Canelons, or fried puffs. Sweet entremets. 1417. Ingredients. Half a pound of puff paste number 1205, apricot, or any kind of preserve that may be preferred, hot lard. Mode. Canelons, which are made of puff paste rolled very thin, with jam enclosed, and cut out in long narrow rolls or puffs, make a very pretty and elegant dish. Make some good puff paste by recipe number 1205, roll it out very thin, and cut it into pieces of an equal size, about two inches wide and eight inches long. Place upon each piece a spoonful of jam, wet the edges with the white of egg, and fold the paste over twice. Slightly press the edges together, that the jam may not escape in the frying, and when all are prepared, fry them in boiling lard until of a nice brown, letting them remain by the side of the fire after they are colored, that the paste may be thoroughly done. Drain them before the fire, dish on a doily, sprinkle over them sifted sugar, and serve. These cannelons are very delicious, made with fresh instead of preserved fruit, 
such as strawberries, raspberries, or currants. It should be laid in the paste, plenty of pounded sugar sprinkled over, and folded and fried in the same manner as stated above. Time, about 10 minutes. Average cost, 1 shilling. Sufficient. Half a pound of paste for a moderate-sized dish of cannelons. Seasonable with jam at any time. Charlotte aux pommes. 1418. Ingredients. A few slices of rather stale bread, half an inch thick. Clarified butter. Apple marmalade made by recipe number 1395 with about two dozen apples. Half a glass of sherry. Mode. Cut a slice of bread the same shape as the bottom of a plain round mould, which has been well buttered, and a few strips the height of the mould, and about one and a half inch wide. Dip the bread in clarified butter, or spread it with cold butter if not wanted quite so rich. Place the round pieces at the bottom of the mould, and set the narrow strips up the sides of it, overlapping each other a little, that no juice from the apples may escape and that they may hold firmly to the mould. Brush the interior over with white of egg. This will assist to make the case firmer. Fill it with apple marmalade made by recipe number 1395 with the addition of a little sherry and cover them with a round piece of bread also brushed over with egg and the same as the bottom. Slightly press the bread down to make it adhere to the other pieces. Put a plate on the top and bake the charlotte in a brisk oven of a light colour. Turn it out on the dish, strew sifted sugar over the top, and pour round it a little melted apricot jam. Time, 40 to 50 minutes. Average cost, 1 shilling 9 pence. Sufficient for 5 or 6 persons. Seasonable from July to March. An easy method of making a charlotte au pomme. 1419. Ingredients. Half a pound of flour, a quarter pound of butter, a quarter pound of powdered sugar, half a teaspoonful of baking powder, one egg, milk, one glass of raisin wine, apple marmalade number 1395, a quarter pint of cream, two dessert spoonfuls of pounded sugar, two tablespoonfuls of lemon juice. Mode. Make a cake with the flour, butter, sugar, and baking powder. Moisten with the egg and sufficient milk to make it the proper consistency, and bake it in a round tin. When cold, scoop out the middle, leaving a good thickness all around the sides, to prevent them breaking. Take some of the scooped out pieces, which should be trimmed into neat slices, lay them in the cake, and pour over sufficient raisin wine, with the addition of a little brandy, if approved, to soak them well. Have ready some apple marmalade, made by recipe number 1395. Place a layer of this over the soaked cake, then a layer of cake and a layer of apples. Whip the cream to a froth, mixing with it the sugar and lemon juice. Pile it on the top of the charlotte and garnish it with pieces of clear apple jelly. This dish is served cold, but may be eaten hot by omitting the cream and merely garnishing the top with bright jelly just before it is sent to table. Time. One hour to bake the cake. Average cost, two shillings. Sufficient for five or six persons. Seasonable from July to March. A very simple apple charlotte. 1420. Ingredients. 
9 slices of bread and butter, about 6 good-sized apples, 1 tablespoonful of minced lemon peel, 2 tablespoonfuls of juice, moist sugar to taste. Mode. Butter a pie dish, place a layer of bread and butter without the crust at the bottom, then a layer of apples, pared, cored and cut into thin slices. Sprinkle over these a portion of the lemon peel and juice and sweeten with moist sugar. Place another layer of bread and butter and then one of apples, proceeding in this manner until the dish is full, then cover it up with the peel of the apples to preserve the top from browning or burning. Bake in a brisk oven for rather more than three quarters of an hour. Turn the charlotte onto a dish, sprinkle sifted sugar over and serve. Time, three quarters of an hour. Average cost, nine pence. Sufficient for five or six persons. Seasonable from July to March. Charlotte Russe, an elegant sweet entremet. 1421. Ingredients. About 18 Savoy biscuits, 3 quarters of a pint of cream, flavoring of vanilla, liqueurs or wine, 1 tablespoonful of pounded sugar, half an ounce of isinglass. Mode. Procure about 18 Savoy biscuits, or ladies' fingers, as they are sometimes called. Brush the edges of them with the white of an egg, and line the bottom of a plain round mold, placing them like a star or, ros or rosette. Stand them upright all around the edge. Carefully put them so closely together that the white of the egg connects them firmly and place this case in the oven for about five minutes just to dry the egg. Whisk the cream to a stiff froth with a sugar, flavoring and melted isinglass. Fill a charlotte with it. Cover with a slice of sponge cake cut in the shape of the mold. Place it in ice where let it remain till ready for the table. Then turn it on a dish. Remove the tablespoons full of wine. Where let it remain till ready for table. Then turn it on a dish. Remove the mold and serve. One tablespoonful of liqueur of almost any kind, or four tablespoonfuls of wine, would nicely flavor the above proportion of cream. For arranging the biscuits in the mold, cut them to the shape required, so that they fit in nicely, and level them with the mold at the top, that, when turned out, there may be something firm to rest upon. Great care and attention is required in the turning out of this dish, that the cream does not burst the case, and the edges of the biscuits must have the smallest quantity of egg brushed over them, or it would stick to the mould, and so prevent the charlotte from coming away properly. Time. Five minutes in the oven. Average cost, with cream at one shilling per pint, two shillings. Sufficient for one charlotte. Seasonable at any time. Cream à la voilois. 1422. Ingredients. 4 sponge cakes, jam, 3 quarters of a pint of cream, sugar to taste, the juice of half a lemon, a quarter glass of sherry, 1 and a quarter ounces of isinglass. Mode. Cut the sponge cakes into thin slices, place two together with preserve between them, and pour over them a small quantity of sherry mixed with a little brandy. Sweeten and flavor the cream with the lemon juice and sherry. Add the isinglass, which should be dissolved in a little water, and beat up the cream well. Place a little in an oiled mold. Arrange the pieces of cake in the cream, then fill the mold with the remainder. 
Let it cool and turn it out on a dish. By oiling the mold, the cream will have a much smoother appearance and will turn out more easily than when merely dipped in cold water. Average cost, three shillings and sixpence. Sufficient to fill a one and a half pint mold. Seasonable at any time. Boiled Custards, 1423. Ingredients. One pint of milk, five eggs, three ounces of loaf sugar, three laurel leaves, or the rind of four lemons, or a few drops of essence of vanilla, one tablespoonful of brandy. Mode. Put the milk into a lined saucepan with the sugar and whichever of the above flavorings may be preferred. The lemon rind flavors custards most deliciously, and let the milk steep by the side of the fire until it is well flavored. Bring it to the point of boiling, then strain it into a basin. Whisk the eggs well, and, when the milk has cooled a little, stir in the eggs, and strain this mixture into a jug. Place this jug in a saucepan of boiling water over the fire. Keep stirring the custard one way until it thickens, but on no account allow it to reach the boiling point, as it will instantly curdle and be full of lumps. Take it off the fire, stir in the brandy, and, when this is well mixed with the custard, pour it into glasses, which should be rather more than three parts full. Grate a little nutmeg over the top, and the dish is ready for table. To make custards look and eat better, duck's eggs should be used when obtainable. They add very much to the flavor and richness, and so many are not required as of the ordinary eggs. Four duck's eggs to the pint of milk, making a delicious custard. When desired extremely rich and good, cream should be substituted for the milk, and double the quantity of eggs used, to those mentioned, omitting the whites. Time. Half an hour to infuse the lemon rind, about ten minutes to stir the custard. Average cost, eight pence. Sufficient to fill eight custard glasses. Seasonable at any time. Ginger apples. A pretty supper or dessert dish. 1424. Ingredients. One and a half ounces of whole ginger, a quarter pint of whiskey, three pounds of apples, two pounds of white sugar, the juice of two lemons. Mode. Bruise the ginger, put it into a small jar, pour over sufficient whiskey to cover it, and let it remain for three days. Then cut the apples into thin slices after paring and coring them. Add the sugar and the lemon juice, which should be strained, and simmer all together very gently until the apples are transparent but not broken. Serve cold and garnish the dish with slices of candied lemon peel or preserved ginger. Time. Three days to soak the ginger, about three quarters of an hour to simmer the apples very gently. Average cost. Two shillings and sixpence. Sufficient for three dishes. Seasonable from July to March. French pancakes. 1425. Ingredients. Two eggs, two ounces of butter, two ounces of sifted sugar, two ounces of flour, half a pint of new milk. Mode. Beat the eggs thoroughly and put them into a basin with the butter, which should be beaten to a cream. Stir in the sugar and flour, and when these ingredients are well mixed, add the milk. Keep stirring and beating the mixture for a few minutes. Put it on buttered plates and bake in a quick oven for 20 minutes. Serve with a cut lemon and sifted sugar 
or pile the pancakes high in a dish with a layer of preserve or marmalade between each. Time, 20 minutes. Average cost, 7 pence. Sufficient for 3 or 4 persons. Seasonable at any time. Dutch Flummery, 1426. Ingredients. 1.5 ounces of isinglass, the rind and juice of 1 lemon, 1 pint of water, 4 eggs, 1 pint of sherry, madeira, or raisin wine, sifted sugar to taste. Mode. Put the water, isinglass, and lemon rind into a lined saucepan, and simmer gently until the isinglass is dissolved. Strain this into a basin, stir in the eggs, which should be well beaten, the lemon juice, which should be strained, and the wine. Sweeten to taste with pounded sugar. Mix all well together. Pour it into a jug. Set this jug in a saucepan of boiling water over the fire and keep stirring it one way until it thickens, but take care that it does not boil. Strain it into a mold that has been oiled or laid in water for a short time and put it in a cool place to set. A tablespoonful of brandy stirred in just before it is poured into the mold improves the flavor of this dish. It is better if made the day before it is required for table. Time. A quarter of an hour to simmer the isinglass, about a quarter hour to stir the mixture over the fire. Average cost. Four shillings sixpence if made with sherry, less with raisin wine. Sufficient to fill a quart mold. Seasonable at any time. Pale sherries are made from the same grapes as brown. The latter are colored by an addition of some cheap must or wine which has been boiled till it has acquired a deep brown tint. Pale sherries were, some time ago, preferred in England, being supposed most pure, but the brown are preferred by many people. The inferior sherries exported to England are often mixed with a cheap and light wine called mogur, and are strengthened in the making by brandy, but too frequently they are adulterated by the London dealers. Chocolate Souffle 1427 Ingredients 4 eggs 3 teaspoonfuls of pounded sugar 1 teaspoonful of flour 1 teaspoonful of flour 3 ounces of the best chocolate Mode Break the eggs, separating the whites from the yolks, and put them into different basins. Add to the yolks the sugar, flour, and chocolate, which should be very finely grated, and stir these ingredients for five minutes. Then well whisk the whites of the eggs in the other basin until they are stiff, and when firm, mix lightly with the yolks, till the whole forms a smooth and light substance. Butter a round cake tin, put in the mixture, and bake in a moderate oven from 15 to 20 minutes. Pin a white napkin round the tin, strew sifted sugar over the top of the souffle, and send it immediately to table. The proper appearance of this dish depends entirely on the expedition with which it is served, and some cooks, to preserve its lightness, hold a salamander over the souffle until it is placed on the table. If allowed to stand after it comes from the oven, it will be entirely spoiled, as it falls almost immediately. Time, 15 to 20 minutes. Average cost, 1 shilling. Sufficient for a moderate-sized souffle. Seasonable at any time. 
Dériole à la vanille. Sweet entremet. 1428. Ingredients. Half a pint of milk, half a pint of cream, two ounces of flour, three ounces of pounded sugar, six eggs, two ounces of butter, puff paste, flavoring of essence of vanilla. Mode. Mix the flour to a smooth batter with the milk. Stir in the cream, sugar, and eggs, which should be well whisked, and the butter, which should be beaten to a cream. Put in some essence of vanilla, drop by drop, until the mixture is well flavored. Line some dariole molds with puff paste, three parts fill them with the batter, and bake in a good oven from 25 to 35 minutes. Turn them out of the molds on a dish without breaking them. Strew over sifted sugar and serve. The flavoring of the darioles may be varied by substituting lemon, cinnamon, or almonds for the vanilla. Time, 25 to 35 minutes. Average cost, 1 shilling, 8 pence. Sufficient to fill 6 or 7 dariole molds. Seasonable at any time. Current fritters, 1429. Ingredients. Half a pint of milk, 2 tablespoons full of flour, 4 eggs, 3 tablespoonfuls of boiled rice, 3 tablespoonsful of currants, sugar to taste, a very little grated nutmeg, hot lard or clarified dripping. Mode. Put the milk into a basin with the flour, which should previously be rubbed to a smooth batter with a little cold milk. Stir these ingredients together, add the well-whisked eggs, the rice, currants, sugar and nutmeg. Beat the mixture for a few minutes and, if not sufficiently thick, Add a little more boiled rice. Drop it, in small quantities, into a pan of boiling lard or clarified dripping. Fry the fritters a nice brown and, when done, drain them on a piece of blotting paper before the fire. Pile them on a white doily, strew over sifted sugar and serve them very hot. Send a cut lemon to table with them. Time. From 8 to 10 minutes to fry the fritters. Average cost 9 pence. Sufficient for three or four persons. Seasonable at any time. Chocolate cream, 1430. Ingredients. Three ounces of grated chocolate, a quarter pound of sugar, one and a half pints of cream, half an ounce of clarified isinglass, the yolks of six eggs. Mode. Beat the yolks of the eggs well. Put them into a basin with the grated chocolate, the sugar, and one pint of the cream. Stir these ingredients well together, pour them into a jug, and set this jug in a saucepan of boiling water. Stir it one way until the mixture thickens, but do not allow it to boil or it will curdle. Strain the cream through a sieve into a basin, stir in the isinglass and the other half pint of cream, which should be well whipped. Mix all well together and pour it into a mould which has been previously oiled with the purest salad oil, and, if at hand, set it in ice until wanted for table. Time. About 10 minutes to stir the mixture over the fire. Average cost. 4 shillings 6 pence, with cream at 1 shilling per pint. Sufficient to fill a quart mould. Seasonable at any time. Geneva Wafers. 1431. Ingredients. 2 eggs, 3 ounces of butter, 3 ounces of flour, 3 ounces of pounded sugar. Mode. Well whisk the eggs, put them into a basin, and stir to them the butter, which should be beaten to a cream. Add the flour and sifted sugar gradually, 
and then mix all well together. Butter a baking sheet and drop on it a teaspoonful of the mixture at a time, leaving a space between each. Bake in a cool oven, watch the pieces of paste and, when half done, roll them up like wafers and put in a small wedge of bread or piece of wood to keep them in shape. Return them to the oven until crisp. Before serving, remove the bread, put a spoonful of preserve in the widest end, and fill up with whipped cream. This is a very pretty and ornamental dish for the supper table, and is very nice and very easily made. Time. Altogether 20 to 25 minutes. Average cost, exclusive of the preserve and cream, 7 pence. Sufficient for a nice sized dish. Seasonable at any time. Ginger cream. 1432. Ingredients. The yolks of 4 eggs, 1 pint of cream, 3 ounces of preserved ginger, 2 dessert spoonfuls of syrup, sifted sugar to taste, 1 ounce of isinglass. Mode. Slice the ginger finely, put it into a basin with the syrup, the well-beaten yolks of eggs and the cream. Mix these ingredients well together and stir them over the fire for about 10 minutes or until the mixture thickens. Then take it off the fire, whisk till nearly cold, sweeten to taste, add the isinglass, which should be melted and strained, and serve the cream in a glass dish. It may be garnished with slices of preserved ginger or candied citron. Time. About 10 minutes to stir the cream over the fire. Average cost with cream at 1 shilling per pint, 3 shillings and 6 pence. Sufficient for a good sized dish. Seasonable at any time. Preserved ginger comes to us from the West Indies. It is made by scalding the roots when they are green and full of sap, then peeling them in cold water and putting them into jars with a rich syrup, in which state we receive them. It should be chosen of bright yellow color, with a little transparency. What is dark colored, fibrous, and stringy is not good. Ginger roots, fit for preserving, and in size equal to West Indian, have been produced in the Royal Agricultural Garden in Edinburgh. End of section 68